1: It's the North Shore Drive podcast for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, and a report card came out during the Combine week that was talking about grading teams and the organizations on different levels of their organization. And the question came up, are the Steelers being cheap about different aspects of the organization? We'll talk about that, free agent needs outside of the Combine, outside of the NFL draft, and we'll get to some Pirates talk right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Welcome to the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here joined by Brian Batko, one of our Steam Steelers beat writers here at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which you can get all of our content at post-gazette.com. You can also find this show, this show, the North Shore Drive Podcast, on our podcasting platform, anywhere that podcasts are hosted, especially on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all the Post-Gazette's daily content, as well as the Monday, Wednesday, and Friday episodes of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Brian He's back home in Pittsburgh. I'm on the road in Greensboro, North Carolina, getting ready to cover the ACC tournament as Pitt takes on Georgia Tech at 2.30 in the Greensboro Coliseum. You see me repping. You got an ACC hat on, Brian. Do you feel the ACC is being disrespected by the ten palms of the world?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's an ACC football hat from my days covering Pitt with P.G., (laughs) but it's, it's close enough and I am legitimately excited for day two of the ACC men's basketball tournament today. I think there's Four good games on tap, you know, common viewers might know that while I cover the Steelers and football, basketball is my my true love. So I'm looking forward to these these games today, not just Pitt, Georgia Tech, but the other three are pretty juicy, too, I think. So kind of jealous of of you being down there in in Greensboro. You've just been a traveling man, Chris, from from Indy to Greensboro with who knows where you were jet setting off to in
1: between. I was a Dallas, baby. I was doing some partying doing uh, real, real quick, and then I came right here. With but, Jerry, no, yeah, Jones. It's, it, it's Jerry Jones. to Jerry Jones. I just wanted to get to him. He's one of my anonymous sources. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, yeah, it's very exciting Here is Pitt getting ready to take on Georgia Tech. But we're here to talk Steelers, and let's talk Steelers because there was a report card System that came out as a as that was pertaining to different parts of the organ of organizations, and I felt like it was an odd scale of how to grade things, but it didn't reflect too well on the Steelers. You wrote about for the Pittsburgh Post. Can you break down what this was and you know what it actually meant for the, the Steelers?
2: Yeah, so essentially, the NFL Players Association basically the Players Union undertook this effort to. Gauge reaction from former and current players who've, you know, been on you know multiple teams and and have kind of seen the league and, and I guess you know some of the respondents probably haven't some maybe only know the organization they've been in but either way they got you know more than a thousand people to fill out this survey ranking uh, or not ranking grading teams on everything from how they are set up to you know, accommodate families at games with stuff like, um, you know, family gathering areas, daycare rooms for little kids to the the size of their weight rooms to their nutrition in the cafeteria. So a lot going on there, basically working conditions or quality of life um, in in terms of when you're there, at the practice complex every day and stuff like that. And, you know, then the, the union took all the responses and, you know, followed up on that with some Basically some color, Not don't just give us a quantitative grade, but tell us why you feel this way about this particular team. And of course, all anonymous, but having done all of that legwork, uh, which I give them credit for, they then wrote a report, uh, essentially ranking all 32 from best to worst, uh, combining all of these many factors. And the Steelers finished 22nd in that ranking uh, a lot of players complaining about, uh, I guess I shouldn't say complaining because I don't know, I mean, but just pointing out maybe matter-of-factly that uh, the, the facilities are badly in need of a renovation, in their opinion, um, you know, maybe not enough staffers in the training rooms and, and weight rooms uh, lacking in, in terms of some of those family accommodations that I mentioned. And yeah, I mean, you know, they they generally graded the people high, the quality of, of the staff, but It seems like it's more of a facilities and resources issue that they have more than anything. So I just, you know, I I think that's interesting when something like that comes out. Because, you know, Chris, when you talk to players one-on-one on on the record publicly, they're going to have nothing but good things to say about their team and their franchise. But this puts a little bit more of a uh, critical eye, I think, on not just the Steelers, but all of their uh, counterparts and peers in the league.
1: Do we know how many people from how many players in that survey like exactly said the facilities weren't good or whatever the rating was?
2: Well, 44% of players, I guess, said that they don't feel that Art Rooney II is willing to invest money into upgrading those facilities. And and he was tied for 29th in that category. So, you know, that that's going to catch the eye of, of fans who want to throw out this uh, mantra that Art Rooney II is cheap or Steelers ownership is cheap. I don't necessarily know that it's it's something that simple or, or boiled down. I mean, that's going to be um, what people get their pitchforks out and say. But I think a lot of it is more practicality of things or lack thereof. Their training complex down on the south side was built 23 years ago. Uh, we know that Acresher Stadium was built uh, what uh, about the same amount of time ago. It's It's in its third decade now of use on the North shore since replacing three river stadium for the Steelers. So keeping up with the Joneses is, is difficult in pro sports when it comes to these matters. And as far as like the practice facility specifically, you know, you are there every day too, Chris covering pit. It's, it's wedged into a hillside sort of, uh, or not a hillside, but a Valley kind of, if you want to call it that with uh, the train tracks on one side, the Monongahela River on the other side, you know, the, the, it's not even a secret. It says right on their website, their practice fields are only 80 yards long. Um, so it's not even a full length NFL field. You, you can imagine that uh, things are a little bit jammed in there. So I think all of that is, is probably part of it. There's no easy fix for that. If you're mm-hmm. Art Marie II, you can't just say, here's a billion dollars. Go expand this because we're talking about natural Physical obstacles that that you have there to do those things. And just looking around the division, AFC North, similar cities in terms of size and layout. The Bengals uh, didn't rank very high on this report card. They didn't even have their own indoor practice facility until this Mm. season. So you know that that players are going to be dismayed by that. They got an overall F. They ranked 27th. The Browns ranked 21st, so one spot ahead of the Steelers. And the Ravens, Seventeenth, um, you know, a lot. Of, I'm just saying, a lot of the teams in this area of the country face similar challenges, and I think it's an area where the Steelers certainly need to improve. And Juju, just last offseason was pretty open about, hey, the locker rooms need refreshed. You know, we're kind of in the Stone Ages, uh, to mm-hmm. paraphrase what he was saying, compared to a place like Dallas, where it's a spaceship down there at the <laughs> Cowboys facility. So, um, yeah, I mean, th- these are. They don't tangibly affect the on-field product, obviously. Um, you know, your players are playing. Your coaches are coaching. Uh, your G- your front office is, is making moves. Where they do that doesn't really matter. But the NFLPA said that they want to use this to inform players when they're trying to make decisions in free agency of what they might be getting into, good or bad. So I think it is relevant. And, you know, I'll just, it, I definitely, maybe I should have mentioned this earlier, but we reached out to the Steelers for comment, um, you know, haven't heard, heard back from them on that. Um, you know, I guess it's kind of one of those tough deals. What do you say? Um, because it, it's not really a matter of the interpersonal relationships. I've never talked to a player who didn't uh, appreciate the Rooney family and, and everything they do by all accounts. They are very involved. Uh, Art Rooney II is always at the practice facility. He's not an absentee owner. Um, I've heard many a stories of of he and his wife Greta taking players and their families out to dinner and, and kind of showing them around when they come here. So, I, you know, I don't think it's like that he's aloof or anything like that, but they're just uh, difficult challenges that the Steelers face. And yeah, I mean, th- these are places where they probably need to improve to be more competitive with the rest of the NFL.
1: I feel you on that. And it brings up back, back to the question, you know, are, are the Steelers being cheap? Is our Rooney being cheap? I want to actually dig, dig into that a little bit more as we start to talk about free agency and some of the things the Steelers could do here uh, coming up uh, as free agency is now a week away. But we'll talk about that in just a minute here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. First, we've got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Valley Pool and Spa. And Valley Pool and Spa, of course, is the option for you to always install a, a hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna right in your own home so that you can relax without having to go anywhere. Valley Pool and Spa gives you options like Finlayo saunas that are going to help melt your stress away, feel refreshed, feel relaxed. And then you're going to be out, go out and retackle your day refreshed and ready to go. And there's all the chances to save money on, on getting any of these installed by going to their website, valleypoolspa.com. Go to valleypoolspa.com and you'll find all their in-stock hot tubs, swim spas, and saunas, and discounts that you can save big on right there. Visit valleypoolspa.com. Again, that's valleypoolspa.com. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm your host Chris Carr here with Brian Batko, of uh, Steelers beat writer uh, here at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Brian, let's let's delve a little bit more into the the the, the aspect of Art Rooney II being quote unquote cheap, because I think that there's it feels like it's something that bleeds over from the Pirates side of the town, where you know everyone accuses Bob Nagle of being cheap because of the amount of payroll, but the Steelers, of course, don't have the problem because they're paying up to the salary cap pretty much every year. But where this also ties into is that, that the Steelers have the smallest coaching staff in the NFL. And people say, well, they're the cheapest coaching staff but it's because they have the less, the least amount of personnel in, in the league, or if not the least very close to it. Um, and it brings up the question Are is there a spending issue with the Steelers? Of course, the Steelers are not the most valuable NFL franchise out there. There's a lot of, a lot of bigger cities that have bigger, you know, bigger franchises and everything, but you know, I personally, as a person who's, you know, follow the Steelers, they, it, it never occurred to me that, you know, they might be shorting out on something. Do you feel like that's actually a concern or it's just more of just how the Steelers operate right now and less about them trying to save money and just more about like, Hey, we think this is the best way we need to roll right now.
2: I think they're strategic in a lot of ways with, with how they spend their money. And I, I don't think they're going to uh, sink money into something for no reason. It is a business at the end of the day. And you're right, Chris. I mean, they, don't you know they they don't cheap out on on things like roster construction. When they say they're trying to win the Super Bowl every year, they go out and they operate that way in in terms of spending to the cap, and you know even you know kind of kicking the can down the road at times uh, when you get in into that space. Um, but I think the other part of it too is this goes back to what we we're talking about in the first segment. I you know, think they, they took a lot of heat when they uh, gave Acreshire Stadium the new naming rights with a company that that didn't have the local ties to Pittsburgh that a lot of fans would want. But if you think back to that press conference with Art Rooney II and uh, the Acresure CEO, Greg Williams, you know, the Steelers president said that it's going to give them a chance to be more competitive around the league um, in terms of things like their resources and their facilities and that they will reinvest a lot of this money back into uh, the team. Now, obviously that doesn't, having more money in your pocket doesn't mean you can spend more on the salary cap. That's that's not how, no, that's it, not works, how it works, obviously, it's not. but yeah, you can pay more for coaches. You can make some of these improvements maybe that your players are are asking for or, or would want you to do. Uh, we know that they've already uh, done some renovations in the bathrooms at AccraSure Stadium, which you <laughs> may or may not uh, you know get much mileage out of, but that's the whole reason why you take steps like that as an owner on the business side of things is, uh, so that you can overcome some of the more natural um, just obstacles that you face. And like you said, Chris, yes, the Steelers valued very highly as a franchise, but Art Rooney II isn't as rich as some of these owners in the NFL. When you talk about people who made their money in the business world and just can spend so much uh, cash over cap, as they call it, um, you know, the NFL front office nerds, I won't pretend to be that smart, but there was a lot made uh, over the last couple of years of how the Rams were really kind of spending money out of pocket to overpay people that they'll eventually have to square up with the cap, but it allowed them to really push all their chips into the middle for one season and go for it and go for it. They did winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago. So yeah, I mean, as far as free agency goes, um, you know, a little bit of a different uh, subject, but it it does go back into what the Steelers are kind of willing to to spend right now on this current. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that they can certainly get creative. It's just going to be a matter of do you want to do that right now or do you feel like there's a certain calculation in terms of the Kenny Pickett factor, the um, you know contract factor with players like T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward. I assume Omar Khan will have some some restructuring up his sleeve and he'll do some things to create room as they do every year, whether it was him calling the shots now or Kevin Colbert previously but uh, i don't think there's much that will preclude them from making a big splashy move if they want to do that in free agency it's not really in their nature but uh who knows we're all kind of learning omar khan's way of doing business here for the first time we've never seen it before
1: well, let's switch to that because, I, again, I think it's it's very different when people talk about, you know, the Steelers spend on players every single year. That's not where the issue is. If you're going to complain about the facilities and maybe about how many coaches they have, that's one thing. But, again, we're talking about stylistic here. But let's talk about free agency for a second here. There is a potential for the Steelers to kind of – retool themselves in free agency if they make the right moves we've talked about you know one cutting william jackson the third which i think will, will automatically happen very soon uh restructuring other guys maybe letting some certain other players go who weren't as contributory this year and then restructuring some contracts and maybe opening up some cap space that you can sign some guys in free agency the reports are flying around that bud dupree could be let go by the Tennessee Titans sometime soon. He was paid a, a huge contract from them and has only had like four sacks in two years or something like that. So he hasn't worked out. He's still been dealing with injuries. Is that a realistic target for the Steelers in free agency here? If they, like, if they, like, Do you see that happening and then there being that phone call, it's like, hey, bud, come home, and it's for a reasonable number because, of course, they can't overpay him because they're trying to probably pay Alex Highsmith right now.
2: I wouldn't bet on it because of uh, a lot of those aspects you just mentioned. Um, you know, n- number one, how much is he going to be willing to play for? Now, to, to some extent, you know, you, your value is only what a team's willing to give you. And like exactly. you said, Chris, with with what he did the last couple seasons, or what li- what he didn't do, how little he did, um, I don't know what kind of market there would be for him from one of the other thirty teams, not counting the Titans or the Steelers. So he might have to swallow his pride a little bit and and take much less than he got. At least he cashed in once with the Titans and, and got that franchise tag from the Steelers, which paid him pretty handsomely. But he's also getting up there in age. Uh, I think he's 30 now. The Steelers generally don't, uh, you know, spend much on those o- older free agents who've got a lot of wear and tear. They did a couple years ago at this spot with Melvin Ingram, someone who had similar, probably even a little bit better resume than Bud Dupree career-wise when they brought him in. That blew up in their face a little bit. He didn't want that role. Uh, He eventually kind of forced his way out, and as we know, they traded him for a late-round pick. So I I don't think you'd have to worry so much about the personal dynamics with Bud Dupree. I think it would be clear to him that if he comes here, you're going to be now sort of the low man on the totem pole, yeah, as as opposed to when you were the big dog uh, who was mentoring T.J. Watt in in a way, definitely mentoring Alex Highsmith behind you who was working to, let's be honest, take your job that eventually happened. He would have to know what he's getting into now as that rotational outside linebacker. Maybe he's willing to do that. Maybe he's willing to do it for a cheap price for an organization that he knows and likes. Granted, we don't, uh, we're not sure how he feels about the family gathering area at the stadium (laughs) or the, uh, you know, nutrition in the cafeteria, but uh, which the Steelers scored quite well on, by the way. Um, So, uh, anyway, getting back to the, the free agency part of it, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's possible. But again, wouldn't bet on it just because I, I think there's more. there are more cons than there are pros if you're the Steelers. He's also been banged up a lot. And yeah. you, you probably feel like you're at a point now where you're comfortable enough with your starters at edge rusher that behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, like you just want a young player, ascending player who's on a very cheap deal to finally break out and play well enough to be that third guy. I don't know if, if that guy's on the roster. Is it Quincy Roche? Is it Jameer Jones taking the next step? I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen with him because we've already seen him plenty and it hasn't happened. Is it a rookie that you draft? So, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, there, there are a lot of potential reunions in free agency this year with the Steelers. Josh Dobbs is going to hit the open market and we know they might need a number three QB. Juju is going to be back available. I don't know if you can put that toothpaste back in the tube, but uh, yeah, we we know that they we know that they like to revisit with some of their old friends from time to
1: time. They've they've done it plenty over the years. We'll see if they do that soon in free agency that kicks off in about a week here in the NFL. It's going to be a wild time. People sign it all over here. Lamar Jackson got franchise tagged, but can still be competed with uh, with his contract around the league. We'll talk more about that Friday when we have more time. Brian, thanks much for joining us. we got to switch it over to baseball. Jason Mackey's been covering with the Pirates in Bradenton as they're getting ready for their season. Is there an upside to the season? Is there an upswing coming? Are the Pirates going to, be, going to surprise everyone and actually be better? Than what they've been projected to be, we'll find that out in a little bit here. But first, before we talk about any of that, we got to talk to you guys about Yen's in the Berg, the number one place for you to go for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more. Yinz's in the Berg is the top place to get all your Steelers, Pirates, Penguins, Pitt, anything Pittsburgh sports. They're they that gear that you can you can get right at Yen's in the Berg. And the Yinz's in the Berg has two stores in the Strip District that you can visit at any point in time. Pick up your favorite merch, get it for yourself, get it for your friends, get it for a loved one, any anyone you can get it for as a gift. It's an awesome place to get a lot of different options. You can also, if you can't get to the strip district, just go to their website, YinzersPGH.com. It's YinzersPGH.com, and you'll find that their merchandise is updated weekly there with new gear on the Steelers, Pirates, Penguins pit, and so much more. Check out Yinzers check out the Berg and their website, YinzersPGH.com. That's YinzersPGH.com. back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Joined now by one of our great Pirates beat writers, Jason Mackey. He's on the road in Bradenton, Florida, while I'm out here in Greensboro, North Carolina. We are the Post-Gazette, man. We're everywhere. But, Jason, you've been in Bradenton. You've seen this Pirates team working through some things. They won their, their game on Tuesday. Uh, but you've been seeing, reason. you wrote about this, let's say, like, there's some of these guys that are coming up that are starting to make things look a little bit more promising for the pirates. What have you seen that's caused their stock to kind of rise in, in these, in these times?
3: Yeah. I wrote about two guys today, Chris, that I'm I'm really big on. I think are going to have really interesting years. Mike Burroughs and Colin Holderman. If you haven't checked that piece out, please do uh, Mm -hmm. post, is that.com. But I I linked the two of them and they're really not related in, in many ways, but I linked the two of them through their slider work. That's been their most noticeable thing. Where Holderman basically said, I'm going to throw a cutter, and then a a trend around baseball called a sweeper. It's basically having like a hard cutter and then one that's a little slower and more horizontal. Anyway, Burroughs kind of made his out from scratch, but those are two guys that have been really intriguing to me. Um, Chris, we're, you know, Andy Rodriguez is somebody that, you know, people are, are really excited about for understandable reasons. I'm watching him play first, second catch kid can hit um working on a piece in the next few days involving him and henry davis those are two reasons to be optimistic i've also liked what i've seen from the veteran guys um, you know andrew mccutcheon has been you know sort of fresh on the brain he got this gigantic monster truck that everybody was right. talking about this morning it was fun um, it, it's just you know that's not relevant to playing baseball it was just relevant to my morning and it was fun um, rich hill's been really good for the pitching staff austin hedges i've loved his work behind the plate Uh, I'm not saying that these guys are going to be like gold glovers, silver sluggers, MVPs, but are they going to make the pirates better than they were the past couple of years? Yes. I believe that.
1: And this is where you and I were talking about this like a month ago before you went down to Bradenton and, and, I wanted to get the sense, like, is this like, do you feel the remnants, is this compared to the, the early 2010s Pirates when they were building towards their years when they made the playoff runs? It was like 2012, they started to get a little bit better. 2013, you know, they were getting really close The 2014 or 2015. That was when they when they crossed the line and they were able to get to the playoffs and, and do that. That was when I was like, as a person who grew up in Pittsburgh, I'm like, the Pirates are in the playoffs? Like, this is amazing. I don't think that I'm with you. I don't see them as that kind of this team now, but do you see the remnants of being the team that could be setting
3: up to be the core that eventually does get the pirates back to that relevancy? I do, Chris, I do. And that's what they're pushing toward. Um, I know a lot of people want to see 2013 now, and I understand why I want to see it too. I'm sure the pirates want to see it, but the way they're building this thing is hopefully to create a more sustainable model. And what I mean by that is like that 2013, 14, group they did a lot of things really well they got international players they drafted well they made smart trades they were better development better with development and then if you look at after that what happened I mean those things stopped they drafted poorly they made dumb trades Uh, they didn't develop guys particularly well in some cases like the Tyler Glass now Chris Archer mess like those things Mm -hmm. happened like in the same transaction so yes I mean that's what you're seeing here you have a bunch of good young players some are going to pan out some aren't. That's just the way the sport works. Hopefully you build it around pitching. I like some of the young pitching that they have. I really do. Two guys, you know, you asked me earlier about young guys that are give me feelings of optimism, like Quinn Priester has been really good. Kyle Nicholas, Carmen Majinski. Okay. These are the guys you're going to see this season. And, you know, if those guys pan out, you have a a pretty good young core of position players. Brian Hayes, O'Neill Cruz, Rodolfo Castro, Malcolm Nunez. I wrote about him yesterday. Hopefully they keep Brian Reynolds around, potentially Jack Sawinski, um, Jared Triolo or whatever. I won't go down the list too far. And Andy, I mentioned him before. But you get those guys to pop the way they did in 13, 14, 15, and that's going to be a halfway decent baseball team. Now, I see this group as they're going to tease you a little bit, they're going to be young and they're going to be exciting there's some veterans here that I think are going to help the cause I don't think they ultimately have enough but shoot Chris if this team wins 73 74 75 oh, I mean this, this town game, would be like okay I think people people will believe it they'll say okay yeah. see what you're talking about here I'll listen and then maybe another year and I think then you're going to really see them break through.
1: I think that that's what, again, just being relevant, not being out of it in, you know, July, you know, like like they have been for the past several years. Um, That would be that would be fun to watch. I want to get your sense of Andrew McCutcheon, what you how you've seen him interact with the team. You know, it's this was the house that he built when the Pirates became became relevant and were and were the team. But then, of course, he left and it's been several years. that That house has basically fallen back down. What is his dynamic with the other players? Because, like, you know, he was the guy that brought the fun and the environment and the, and the uh, you know the environment that that built that was kind of you know built around that mid twenty tens team. There, what is he doing right now to kind of I guess get in the respect of some of the younger guys and to be a person who can point them in the right direction to get back to winning?
3: Chris, observing the McCutcheon dynamic here has been really fascinating, um, mm-hmm. and, and I sort of get it now, seeing more. Um, I thought when we were back at Pirate City, Kutch honestly didn't say a lot to anybody. And then talking to more people about when he was new here the first time around said, like, Kutch didn't talk to anybody for a while. And it's not that he doesn't want to. I think it's that it's got to be organic. It's got to be natural. Like he doesn't want to come in here and just start saying, I'm Andrew McCutcheon. And I know this because I'm Andrew McCutcheon and you should listen to me. Like I think there's a lot of behind the scenes work that happens, a lot of on field stuff. Like he certainly talks to people, but Cutch is not boisterous by any stretch. Now, that being said, there's a very, very noticeable presence around where he goes, what he does, who's looking at him. Um, you know, I mean, obviously you, the house that he built, right? Like, the, you know, I, I know it was overstated for effect, but it like, I, I get what you're saying. He yeah, matters yeah. down here. He matters to people. He matters to fans. I sit down by the Pirates dugout for games and every single home game at LECOM, I hear a fan say, welcome back, Kutch. You look good in black and gold, Kutch. Like, you know, <laughs> people just love this dude and for completely understandable reasons. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that started to change a little bit. Where he's starting to talk a little bit more. Like, you know, I mentioned the thing about the monster truck. Like that was just fun. You know, the type of truck. Yeah, right. had, and that's causing a lot of fun conversations <laughs> with guys. And he's loosening the group up. And I'm starting to think about like, I see it now. Like he doesn't want it to be inauthentic. He's not an inauthentic person, but you can't just create that. And so, you know, we're starting to see some of those seeds, you know, pop above the of the the dirt or whatever, however you want to describe it there.
1: No, I got you. We, you talked about some of the young guys that are, that are that are starting to look better, but there's younger guys who have been better. You know, you talked about Cabria, you talked about Cruz. Yep. When you look at Cabrian and and, and O'Neill, Cruz, and those guys, is there a clear younger guy who is kind of setting the tone for like, hey, guys, this is going to be a different year. That, that you know, thing, things are moving forward, or is everyone kind of just you know being around each other and just growing on their own and working on things? Because I'm always intrigued to learn. You know, when teams make turnarounds, when, you know, like, like with pit basketball, you know, the, the veteran leadership that, that that they brought in has changed the culture of the program. I'm always intrigued to see who are the young stars that are taking part in that and trying to also put a hold and saying, hey, I want to be part of this movement to fix things around here.
3: There's been a few, Chris, but honestly, I think the story with this team, at least right now, is having some adults in the room um, and having the Rich Hills, Carlos Santana's, Austin Hedges's um, those guys, like they can't go anywhere without being followed, and I, I say being followed, like it's in a good way, you know. Like people want to hear what Austin Hedges has to say about catching and and the the mechanics of catching. Carlos Santana, his locker is in the far corner of LeCom Park, and you can't go there with lot like Andujar is always around, Castro is always around, Cruz is always around. Like the the younger Dominican Latin players, um, it's been such a big thing for them, and you know I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. Andy Rodriguez and Henry Davis just like you know lapping up whatever Hedges has to say and so like that's been a big thing Um, now there are younger players on this team that I think are going to take a step forward like Jack Sawinski has had a noticeably different presence Uh, Mitch Keller has had a noticeably different presence like a you know almost like a he can kind of exhale a little bit and just throw. Mitch has done that. Rowanzi Contreras is somebody I expect to take a big step forward this year. So it's been a little bit of what you're talking about, but I think the bigger story probably is veterans at this point.
1: I think that's going to be a big, big question. Can the veterans be, be, you know, step up, who steps up to follow them and takes the mantle for them? Because those guys won't be around forever. Like, you know, Kutch isn't exactly here for the next 10 years or anything like that. He's not going to be leading the charge. So we'll, we'll see all that. You can read all of that at the post, at the post, because that can go into where Jason's giving you exclusive coverage there down there in Braden, Florida. Jason, thanks so much for joining us here in the North Shore Drive Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Thanks again for checking us out here on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel for all of our daily. Pittsburgh Post-Gazette content, as well as our Monday, Wednesday, Friday shows. We're back Friday. We'll talk with Ray Fittapato on the Steelers and updates as they get ready for free agency. All that more right here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.